It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I'm just an old-fashioned lady. (laughs) Been around a long time. That's how Elsie Coleman introduced herself to me. I had the privilege of going to Elsie's home to interview this centenarian and seeing her beautiful quilts. She continues to make amazing quilts. Loretta Farley from Side Stitching, the shop that you went into, she called me with your name and then I contacted you. But Loretta said that when you were talking to them, and that was Shirley Cox, the owner, Loretta Farley, and Sally Maddox was in there. They said all three of them looked at each other and said, Paula needs to talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I can talk. (laughs) (laughs) So I am so excited. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm kind of a nut, but that's okay. I'm here. I'm happy. I'm well. That's great. So great. Before we get started on your story, can you tell me what you thought of Shirley's shop, Side Stitching? In Belpre? Yeah. Oh, it's really nice. Uh-huh. And that's where I found that one piece with all the uh, circles on it. I had a quilt there to make, and I used that for the background and then used my head a little bit. And when I quilted it, I quilted it in circles. Oh, fun. So they're in circles. And I love that little quilt more than some of these that I spent hours on. (laughs) And uh, I have some nice quilts. Yeah. And old ones. They're beautiful. Yeah, I'm real proud of them. I was just saying to my son today, do you suppose I ought to have these insured? (laughs) There was a fire or something because there's hundreds of dollars worth of quilts there and lots of time put in. Yeah. I'm working on one now upstairs. So, I mean, I keep something going all the time. That's great. I've got a lot of little things out, like I'm the oldest member of our church. I'm very faithful. I go all the time. One of the oldest of my class in 1941, PHS, who I love and love the football team. And I have a lot of little things. I'm proud of. I'm kind of silly. So you've always lived here in Parkersburg? No, I was born in the first few years, I'd say till I was about seven years old, maybe. We lived in Wheeling. Out of eight children, I was the only one born in West Virginia. And my dad, years and years ago, he was a railroader and he was stationed, or however they said it back then, in Missouri, out in California. I had a sister born in Los Angeles. She loved it, and she lived to be 100, I think about 100, close to 101. So uh, we're kind of scattered around, but my father got caught in the Depression. Sad. Sad, sad. 
He had just built a big new home. He had two boys in Lindsley Institute, which was nothing but boys' military school in Wheeling. And when we moved to Parkersburg, it was 1937. And I went to PHS, which my brother probably the fourth in line or something. He graduated from Parkersburg High School. Also, because he was here, they were fighting leukemia and things back then. They didn't know what to do for you. Sad. We were a happy family, and you never knew my dad lost everything. A business, two homes. Sad. Mm-hmm. So we're all pretty tough. That was a hard time. Terrible people don't realize. Mm -mm. He never complained. Then when my mother passed away, she had a heart condition, died of a massive heart, couldn't do anything in her 60s. And my dad made his home with me. I said, you'll live with me, Daddy. So he did. Great. Several years. When you think back over your life, do you have just a special childhood memory? That stands out. Well, uh, this is a funny one. You want a funny one? I do. Okay. We had nice neighbors and we had moved to Friendly, West Virginia. We had a big home there and with all the children and everything. And family came to visit quite often. But we knew everybody around and we had these really nice neighbors. I would say probably a half a city block away from us. And she came to visit one day. She had her hand in her pocket, and she had one of these big, fluffy sweaters. And she had something in her pocket, and it was near my birthday. And she brought out her hand like that. There was a little chick. And so chick was named Henrietta. And Henrietta to live several years. That was my first pet was a pet chicken. And uh, my brothers loved to tease me with her. And But Henrietta was a very nice chicken. <laughs> but I had an uncle that kept saying, oh, we're having chicken tonight. Do you suppose that's Henrietta? <laughs> Break my heart. <laughs> a kid, you know, around 10 years old. And then the Depression, my dad lost everything. Had a business, two homes, just built that big new home, which is standing and is still beautiful. And uh, with all the children, it had five bedrooms plus running water and two bathrooms in it. That was almost unheard of back then, to have an indoor bathroom. And that house is in Friendly? Mm -hmm. It's still there. In very good shape. The people that have it now, I don't know. I'm Looks like they've kept up the house. Big two-story. Nice. Mm. We had a lot of company. The family all loved to come there. Because we had good garden food. My mother, they worked real hard. And she was a McLaughlin, and her people came from Ravenswood. And she was a reporter, and that's how... My dad and mother met was through a convention in Charleston. I don't know that much about it. 
anyway. And then they had eight children. Uh-huh. And I'm the last, and I was the last born, and I'm the last one alive. And I have a cousin, my mother's sister's son, and he and I are the only ones left in the family. Now, we haven't mentioned how old you are. Oh, I'm 101. <laughs> we'll be 102 in a couple of months. Well, it's amazing. <laughs> Very good health. I had that fall, which makes me walk kind of slow, but I eat well. And I'm a eater of sauerkraut. And when I had this back trouble and was in the hospital at Marietta, one of the doctors mentioned it'd be good if I ate sauerkraut. I said, oh, exciting. I love sauerkraut. They nearly fell out of their chair knowing somebody loves sauerkraut. <laughs> but I still eat it. I think it's healthy. <laughs> one of the good healthy. And I was a walker. And I walked miles. I made the newspaper, shows me walking at the city park. And the last 10 years before I fell, I was walking miles every day. So walking, eating sauerkraut, no smoky, no drinky, and you'll live to be over 100. <laughs> That's my reason for it. <laughs> I'm going to add and go into church. Oh, yes. I'm the oldest member of our church. I go to the First Presbyterian Church down in Parkersburg, and I've always been active. Been there ever since I was a teenager. Like I said, I'm their oldest member, and I remember all the different ministers. And I missed a couple of weeks here because it was so cold. I didn't want to go out, and they all missed me. Just a handful go anymore. It used to be a big church. But, yeah, school and high school. And then my first job, do you want to know about my first job? Yep. In fact, that's my next question. So, yeah, tell me about your job. My first job was down in Parkersburg. At McCrory's 10 cents store, I made 15 cents an hour. And when I got the job, there was just one opening, and it was a hardware department back in the back part of the store. But I worked there, I don't know how long, but quite a while. And my boss's name was Mr. Calcord. Tell me. How many people can remember their first boss's name when they were 19 years old as Mr. Calcord, big tall guy? And I knew the secretary for a long time, but I haven't come up with her name here lately. From there, they built a new Grant's 10 cent store on Upper Market. Friends of mine told me there was an opening and I could make a little more money. So I go up there and get a job. There I go to the O'Ames. We're building shovels for the war. And I got a job over there. I think I made $90 a month, something like that. From there, I went to the rig and reel because I made more money and did the same job. 
And then I was married. I lost babies, but had Dean. He's in his 70s. Then when he was born, I didn't work for a while. And then I went to work for the revenue at tax time. And you only got about six to eight months work there. Bingo, in comes a public debt. Over I go and make an application, get hired in the mail department. I worked there probably 40-some years. Anyway, I retired from there. So happy ever after. <laughs> public debt was a great... It was a great thing came in here. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I had the mail department. I had 12 employees. Still keep in contact with some of them. I've been gone a long time. And once in a while, the government checks on me. (laughs) And I have to sign a paper and have it notarized that, yes, I am still living. (laughs) When did that start? When you hit 99? A few years ago. I've been retired a long time. 40-some years. Yeah. So that was a lot of pay coming in. Yeah. My husband worked there, too, and I knew nothing about it, but he took out some sort of an insurance that I got paid a certain amount of his salary, too, when he passed away. Yeah. So I was financially okay. My neighbors all liked me (laughs) because I made cinnamon rolls. (laughs) And they got a lot of, I remember the police chief lived back of us. And one night I made him, I think Dale was already gone. And um, I had made sourdough cinnamon rolls. Delicious. (laughs) Anyway, I called. It was around 10 o'clock. I said, I just took out some sourdough cinnamon rolls out of the oven. Would you like some? I'll meet you halfway. So went out the back door, and he went out his door and handed him over a plate of cinnamon rolls. I imagine he still remembers that. (laughs) Oh, dear. I had a lot of good friends and neighbors. I try to be good and good to people. Mm -hmm. I've been here over 10 years because they needed a home, and we got rid of mine, and here we are. This is a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, up in the corner, I have a nice bedroom, a little sort of a den. That's my TV. That's where I'm sitting, embroidery, and uh, my own bath. So it makes it nice. It does. As far as I know, we're a happy bunch. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> If you were to talk to your great, 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 great grandchildren, what? I've got some of them. (laughs) I was trying to get an extra grade in there somewhere. (laughs) What would you want them to know about you? How would you describe yourself to your future generations? Well, I think people need to share their care for each other more. And uh, everybody up here is pretty good about being 
good to their neighbors. Now, they're not rushing in on you and doing all that, but everybody is neighborly, let's say. And I'm sorry about the drug situation. Very upset over that. That's sad because all these young people are missing a lot in life. The United States is a beautiful place. We're going to lose it if we're not careful. And I mean that. Mm-hmm. Just live a good, clean life and love everybody and be kind. I'd give somebody my last penny if they needed it. Mm-hmm. I'm generous, very generous. I think so. <laughs> And I love PHS. I love my church. So that's the important things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get to talking about your quilts, are there any other crafts that you have done? Not that I can think of. I mean, I always like to cook, especially bread products. I always kept house and I didn't complain and always been happy. Maybe some people don't think so, but I really have. I've got a lot to be thankful for. I had, like I said, good family and my cousin and I that are the only ones left in the immediate family. We chitty chat. He lives here in town. He's not well. He's in his 90s. When I was able, I did a lot at church and stuff like that. But I'd say I'm a happy person. Yeah. Yeah. Who introduced you to quilting? My dad's sister. And that's where my name came from, Elsie. Her name was Ella. And that's the quilt she gave me when I graduated. The one here with the flowers? Right here. Mm -hmm. There's one flower that's got a print. That was from my little dress I had. Oh, neat. I plan to take some pictures Mm -hmm. after we're done talking. And so I want to make sure to take a special picture of that so that people can Uh see that. Oh, neat. And I made the Irish chain over there. I made that for my son when my husband was ill for a year or so. And I was busy and I made that and then I gave it to Dean. It's beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. They've all probably got a little story somewhere. (laughs) They usually do. Uh (laughs) Whether it's a quilt that you made or one that somebody else made, do you have a favorite quilt? No, I just love them all. (laughs) It'd be hard to pick out one I'd have to give up or which one I could have and the rest of them are gone. Yeah. There's some neat quilts out there. Yeah. Well, seeing this quilting on your quilts, are you a hand quilter or do you quilt by machine? No machine here, lady. (laughs) It's all hand quilted, and so is my daughter-in-law. Hers are all hand quilted. We do not use the machine. That is not a real quilt. To me, (laughs) your real quilt is right over there. Yeah. All by hand. Wow. How long does it take you to hand quilt a quilt? You know, it depends on how big the quilt is. 
I have a quilt, and that took me a long time to cut it out and get it pieced and quilted. Yeah, it probably took close to a year on that one. But I don't know. I go through them pretty quick sometimes, trying to think. Of course, there's quite a few quilts around here, and that was how many years? I don't know. Let's see, 10, 20, 30, 40. I've probably been quilting, oh, 40 or 50 years, I imagine. I never even stopped to think. But probably when I got out of school and my aunt gave me my first quilt. And when I graduated in 1941, she made it in 37. That's great. Is there a tool that you use for your quilting that you love? No. Now I have a golden thimble. My sister gave me that one year for Christmas. I don't use it too often, but I do have a golden thimble. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's different steps in our quilting process. Mm -hmm. Do you like each step along the way or... Do you look forward to a certain step? No, I like it all. That's why I love a quilt and and make them and so forth. You know, you see one or you see a pattern, and then you start working the material and how I'm going to do this and all. And it's a project for you. Then you quilt it. Then you keep it. (laughs) No, I've given quite a few away. (laughs) But that little quilt with the elephant, that's the circles there in the corner. One of my favorites, it hadn't been too long ago that I made that, but a friend of mine gave me the little pattern, the elephant. And uh, I just one day fooled with it and went out to find something to put it together with. And we found the material over at this shop. I think it's cute. I just love it. Several of my quilts have gone to PHS as projects. And my doctor I go to won this one. She loves it. Oh, wow. I made it for a project for them to make some money. Oh, here it says, Quilt and Piece by Elsie Coleman. And chances were sold by the Big Red Boosters to make money for the Big Reds. The quilt was won by Dr. Atkins, L.C.'s doctor. This was the fall of 2011. My great-grandson, Cody Roney, was on the Big Red football team. Josh Roney played for the Big Reds 2012 to 2014, and Cody's was a fall of 2011. He was a kicker, and I loved to watch him kick. So there's that. Cool. <laughs> so that's not that's, bad, is it? That's amazing. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. Uh-uh. No, they're grown men, both married. One of them has children. This is a list of, over the years, I've given away. 21 quilts or sold them for the church, for the school, for family, sold to friends and family. And 
one girl out in California. I don't know how that all came about. And then gave them to the family and so forth. So I kept a little list of that. I did other things. My husband cut out the woodwork, and then I'd paint them and dress them. Those were little angels I did. So we kind of worked together there for a while when he was able. Yeah. It's a good hobby. It is. Can you share your worst quilting experience? A time or two, I loaned them out and never got them back. They were nice people, and that was okay. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty easy going, I think. Yeah. I don't know what they think, but you can probably tell I'm easy going. Uh-huh. There are so many things that we could choose to do with our time. Why do you think you have chosen to make quilts rather than do anything else? Well, I never thought about it, but I would say it was just kind of born in me because back then in the 30s, that's what the ladies did. They had ladies' aid, and they always had a quilt, and they would quilt people's quilt for them and make $10 maybe or something. Now they're worth hundreds of dollars. And uh, just uh, raised up with it. Most homes had a quilt frame that maybe their husband built and put together for them. Things are different. They have no idea what life was like. We were fortunate because we had just had that big home built and had a bathroom and a bath tub. We had a bathtub. Most people had the little outbuilding. We had one, but when we got that big new home, why it had a lavatory, I guess you'd call it, on the first floor, and then the big bathroom on the top floor where the bedrooms were. <laughs> tub, didn't have a shower, but had a tub and sink, and it was tiled. It was nice. Nice home. Can you share a quilting tip? No, really, I don't have any tips. I think a person really has to like it. I was kind of born with it. I spent a lot of time with my dad's sister that was quite a quilter. And they'd always give you some little thing to work with your fingers. And I've always worked with my fingers. and I try not to cause any trouble. Yeah. I wasn't spoiled for being the last child. I didn't think. Because <laughs> most kids, you know, really spoil their... My brothers used to tease the daylights out of me. I am so thankful that Elsie allowed me to interview her. We didn't end our conversation before we turned off the recording. But we got up from the table to go look at so many of her wonderful quilts that she's made over the years. You'll want to check out her episode page where I posted the pictures of Elsie and her quilts. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. 
And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you.